0: No fluff. Don't worry about your dick, that's gonna come later. No lies. I just masturbated. Just real women. Cock rings. Cock rings. Talking real sex.
1: I am so bruised on my girl bits.
0: Sex gets real. Sex gets so real.
1: So real up in here.
0: With Dawn.
1: What's the most sensitive part of your cock? And Dylan. Let's talk about
0: the elusive clip. Now get ready to get real. Eating pussy. There you
1: have it. It's Dawn. And Dylan. And we're awesome.
0: And we're at our remote studio today.
1: We are because electricity went out at our studio. And so we had to pack up all of our shit and cart it to a random co working space.
0: Blame it to the Northern Virginia weather and a tree falling on the power lines. Fuck that shit. Fuck that shit.
1: Fuck that shit. We're planning on cursing a lot in this episode, because in the last episode we recorded a few minutes ago, there was no cursing at all, and so we're feeling like we really need to get it out.
2: Yeah,
0: if you listen really carefully, you got one word, I mean one fuck. And according to the movie industry, that gives you an R rating. Yeah. Okay. Fuck. but We're going to make this We're going
1: to make this X-rated, fuckers. Fuck. fuck that shit. Also, right now, I'm IMing with one of our listeners named Sarah, and I said... We are recording the podcast right this second, and Sarah said, oh my god, say hi to Dylan for me, even though she doesn't know who I am. Oh, oh my
0: god. <laughs> Whoa, hi Sarah! Girl. Hi. <laughs> we loves you. Love it. Thank you. Thank you for thinking of me, too. Yay. Okay, right. so...
1: We have a lot to talk about today, like a lot, but okay, good. Charlie Glickman just posted something on his Facebook page that it. really is cracking me up, and so I'm going to read it, and then we can talk about it a little bit. Okay, sounds good. It's just this image, and it says, when straight guys ask how lesbian sex works, I feel really bad for their girlfriends, because if you don't understand how to have sex with a girl in any way other than repeatedly putting your dick in her, you are having some really bad sex. <laughs>
0: You need to be fucking her with more than just your (laughs) peen. Okay.
1: And it just goes back to like, what the fuck? Like when you think about how many ways there are to have sex and all the different ways to have pleasure and all the different ways to like connect with somebody. And then there's this like one hit wonder Uh who just does this one thing over and over again. It's kind of sad.
0: It is sad. Like, oh my God, I think we just need to talk a lot about sex right now. Uh-huh. And of course we're going to because this is Sex right. Gets sex Real. Gets real. Right. So, but yeah, that brings me to this other question. I'm trying to find it right now on one uh-huh. of my friend's posts. Okay, okay. So it's like, this girl just asked me if I'm a full blown lesbian. What huh? do I reply? Oh yes, I have reached the maximum capacity of homosexuality. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Okay. So here's the thing. Like, that's kind of an annoying question Lesbian to ask.
1: powers activate. <laughs>
0: Right. Okay. No, I'm at full capacity of homosexuality. Right. But this I'm only like...
1: running at 92% today.
0: Yeah. Which means every now and then I'll glance at a penis. Right. So, but is that like something like, I'm sorry, at what capacity are you hmm. running at hetero today? Right. Like who the fuck asked that question? Like yes. it's kind of annoying, right? Yes. Like, yes. I'm sorry.
2: Yes.
0: Are you full blown straight or is there a possibility I can get you to eat my pussy? Yeah. Like, would you find that offensive? I mean, like, you, of course, wouldn't. But let's say you, you know, your little colleagues Mm -hmm. would ask that Mm -hmm. question. So, are you full-blown lesbian? Right. Or do you sometimes play with dick?
1: So, so there was this amazing video that just came out on BuzzFeed recently Mm -hmm. called, If Trans People Said the Stuff Cisgender People Say. They're really good about doing that shit. No, your real name.
0: No, like, it's Frank. Right. You know what I mean?
1: Or, do you have a dick? You don't just go around asking people about their genitals, but as soon as you find out somebody's trans, for some reason, it's open season and you can ask all about their genitals and their sex and like all this kind of stuff. People
0: are so inappropriate. People are so
1: inappropriate. They don't fucking get it. Yes, I know. And it's hmm. like, yeah. So are you full lesbian what does that even mean?
0: What does that even mean? What does well, that even it was mean? Like, so are you a full-blown lesbian? Like, right. what does that mean? No, I'm only like half-erect lesbian. Right. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. Are he's, you full-blown He's heterily? probably
1: asking, is there a chance in hell you'd ever do anything yeah. with a guy? And right. it's kind of like, first of all, none of your business. None of your business. Second of all, I can't predict what I'm going to feel like in right. 10 or 20 years. As of right this moment, I don't want to have sex with you. Right. So you can label that whatever you want. Right now, me and my girlfriend
0: are are just only eating each other's pussies. Right. Just in case you were wondering. And no,
1: you can't watch.
0: No. What the fuck? I know. Like, I think the appropriate thing, though, is like, you know, I went on this little lake trip and had a good time and I met some nice people. And I think it was really cool that the young guys that I met were like, once they found out that I was, and it was like, I didn't even have to, we were talking about the hot chicks that were there and he was like, all right, I like you, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so good. So you're expecting that some pervy shit might come mm-hmm. up or whatever, but it was like at no point ever was the fact that, are you full blown lesbian mm-hmm. or so do you, whatever, you know, like that yeah. I think is like really respectful. Mm-hmm. Like you're cool. Like, Hey, that's cool. I'm good. Whatevs. Yeah. Kind of to let you know that you're down with your sexuality, Mm -hmm. but not that you're going to be a perv about it or whatever. Right. There's like no expectations. Weird questions. Like at no point did we sit there and like make some game out of, so what do you think of her? What Uh do you think of her? You know what I mean? Because it was not an issue.
1: Well, I think I'm like, let's say you see somebody at a bar and you can't tell whether or not they're a lesbian. Right. And you're a dude, but you think they're hot. Right. There is nothing that says you can't just go talk to them, have some great conversation. And if at some point it feels appropriate, just be like, you know what? I think you're like really super cute and this is really fun. Right. And if they don't respond to that, or right. if they don't pick up on that and run with it, then you let it go. You don't right. go, oh well. Are you a lesbian?
0: Right, right, right. You know, what I mean,
1: like, no. I just think you're no. fucking
0: ugly. Right. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whatever it is, like, like, you made me go there because you had to ask me this fucking question. Right. Right. So
1: just be honest when it's appropriate but do it without expectation right you know i think that's where that question comes from is like well i need to find (laughs) out if you're a lesbian so i know whether or not i can then say something sexual to you
0: should i waste my time or should i just try and pursue this
1: exactly yeah yeah Yeah. oh my
0: god that's amazing oh my god no i'm at full capacity homosexual today
1: (laughs) you just took me from 80 to 100 thanks
0: (laughs) thanks all the more reason why i'm gonna stay over here yep so,
1: okay. that's funny. So in a recent episode we were talking about erogenous zones mm-hmm. and we asked people to write in and let us know if there was anything unusual right. about themselves or their partner that really got them turned on and we got this amazing message from one of our listeners. I'm not sure if it's okay to use her name, but okay. I'll just say I'll just read the message because mm-hmm. I love it. This so it says, "Hey Don and Dylan, I loved your last episode. I wanted to tell you about the odd places my boyfriend loves to be touched." One, he loves when I lick his entire face. The wetter, the better. <laughs> also, he loves it when I gently touch his taint. It tickles him, but both <laughs> things give him an instant boner. It's awesome.
2: So
0: awesome. awesome. <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> yeah, I love okay, that. so, all right, the face thing. Mm, okay. But we,
1: were, we were kind of talking about this a little bit.
0: I'm like, it could, like, like all right, it's just kind of like wet.
1: Yeah, and, like, I've never had someone lick my face with the intent of it being sexual or enjoyable. You know, like, I've definitely been in situations where, like, my sister and I are playing and we're, like, pretending like we're going to lick the other one. And you're like, ew, 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 get off me. Yeah. But to just lick somebody's face, I've never experienced it. So I might like it. I don't know. But my initial reaction is just, Um, huh. I wouldn't have thought to do that. But I love that he knows that about himself. And he's like, the wetter the better, babe. Just lick me.
0: Can you imagine, like, how that, that even start? Like, maybe somebody was joking around, and uh-huh. they licked his face, and he was like...
2: Actually, that Actually, feels kind of good.
0: I kind of like that. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. But I can see the whole taint thing, of course, because uh-huh. you're, like, down there in that area. But, yeah.
1: Yeah, the taint, I can totally see. Yeah. So, that's funny.
0: We had a conversation about the taint today. Oh. Yeah. So, there's a friend staying over, and she's refraining from having sex with her new boyfriend, uh-huh. or friend. They have this long... Sorted history right yeah so then we got into this topic about well you are gonna try it before you buy it right and she's like well we haven't had sex yet but i mean i will at some point point." and i'm like but we've built it up for so long we uh-huh. just don't know we're afraid of this huge disappointment mm-hmm. and i'm like do mm, you do talk about it don't you she's like no we don't talk about it and i was like Wait, you guys don't talk about sex at all? Well, I mean, like, I know all about his sex and everything he's done in the past and all this stuff, and I just don't want, like, whatever. And then that's when she said, you know, her past ex had told her that she was very boring in Aww. bed and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, no, let me tell you, just from the little things that I've heard you talk about, you're not boring. Yeah. It's not like, you know, you need to be tied up and be doing all kinds mm-hmm. of crazy stuff hanging from the ceiling to be, like, some crazy, exciting person. Right. Right. So you need to talk about it with... And she's like, like, what? Like, what do I say? Well, like, one of the questions I said was, well, if you need to write a bunch of things down because you're, like, embarrassed to talk about it, Mm -hmm. then this is what you do. You're going to write a long list Mm -hmm. and you're going to... Say, check yes or no, <laughs> or up for discussion. <laughs> and then that just gets the conversation started. Yeah. And one of them was, Do you like me to touch your taint?
1: Good question. <laughs> and
0: clearly, this gentleman, you know, the mm-hmm. girlfriend knows he likes to be touched in his taint. Like it mm-hmm. makes him huge and hard, whatever. There you go. So I'm like, do, You need to do that. Do you like doggy style? Do you uh, ever consider playing with ropes? Uh-huh. You know, do you like to. Um, what kind of kinky stuff have you tried? Do you like a yeah. golden shower? you got to do that. Like, yeah. I don't understand people who are just going to go right into sex and then just be we like... We have
1: a yes, no, maybe list on Sex Gets Real that you can download. Yeah.
0: Oh, really? Okay. okay. I'm going yep. to show her that. If
1: people uh, sign up for our newsletter, they get yeah. a yes, no, maybe list emailed to them. Mm-hmm. Now, it's kinky. It's not vanilla. Okay. So, it's all kinky stuff. But it's still fun. You know? Okay. You yeah, 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 to yeah. Talk yeah, about, And, like, yeah. the other thing, too, that I just want to say about that is... You can have sex with three different people the exact same way, mm-hmm. and each of those three people are going to experience it totally differently. Totally, One yeah. person might think it's the most deciding sex they've ever had. Mm-hmm. Another person might be like, this is the blandest, most boring shit ever. Yeah. And the third person might be, wow, this has potential. Right. So... If somebody's ever insulted you about how you are in bed, don't take it to heart. I mean, do an honest look at yourself, but then don't carry that as a trauma. Just use it when you move forward to be like, okay, let's talk about this. You know, just so you make sure if somebody doesn't like it, they're not holding on to it for six years. And then they throw it in your face at the end. Like that's bullshit.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, I also think a lot of times it's like... Somebody wanted something else. They never had the courage to ask. And then as soon as a fight comes up, they throw it in your face.
0: That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? You have to, like, how do you know? Do you like these things? Have you ever talked about it with your mm-hmm. ex? Maybe you need to talk about it with your new. Right. And explore that shit. Totally. And then that way, you know, you're not boring. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, you know, you're not boring. Just like you, you know, you're not fucking boring. Right. Give me a break. You yeah. fucking love sex. Mm-hmm. She loves sex. You're not boring. Anyone who loves sex is not boring. You know what I mean? Well, I don't know that. I don't know. You cannot be.
1: There's some dudes out there like the one we just, you know, he he might love sex, but all he's doing is putting his dick in someone, moving it around and thinking it's over. But if you're connecting with your partner (laughs) and actually having a dialogue and, you know, yeah, of course, enthusiasm goes a long way. Because no matter how skilled you are, if you're not enthusiastic about it, that kind of sucks.
0: Totally. Yeah. Don't just lay there like a wet noodle. Right.
1: Pillow princess. That
0: makes me sad. Oh, that takes me right into my, ne- my next topic of okay. pillow princess. Okay. Okay, so. I like that. If a guy is a self-professed pillow princess, uh huh. do you think that eventually girls will get sick of that shit?
1: Depends on the girl.
0: Yeah. I'm I like, think
1: it depends. I, cause what if you always
0: had to do the fucking work all the time?
1: So, here's what I, where I stand on that. You need to make sure you're having a dialogue because some people really love being the givers and feel mm-hmm. uncomfortable receiving mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Trauma, they just weren't raised that way, it's their personality or whatever. So if you find somebody who loves receiving and then you find somebody who loves giving, maybe they're like a service top or something like that, you know, a mm-hmm. service top loves giving then that might be a really good fit. But you need to make sure you're constantly asking, like, hey, is there anything I can do for you? And if you're a good partner, then even if it's not your favorite thing to be the giver, every once in a while, you're going to offer that to somebody if you care about them. Mm -hmm. If you're just taking and you're never offering and you're never checking in, I think you're setting yourself up for some really uncomfortable conversations and some disappointment. because. If there's just never even an offer, then I think the other person at mm-hmm. some point is just gonna start feeling taken advantage of.
0: Like, oops, my dick's hard. I'm gonna lay on my back now. Jump and on just, it. Can you just get on? Right. Yeah, and you're like being moved to the top position all the time. Uh-huh. You're like, mm, you gotta work it, girl. And then Bounce. maybe you got a couple of a, uh, you know, yeah, thrust and. Yeah, two pumps, whatever. Yeah, I mean, no,
1: I am really uncomfortable I being like on top. variety, yeah. You know, like I'm just uncomfortable. Mm. I'm a lot of sassy woman to be throwing around up on somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. a lot to get up and down uh, when when you uh, when you me my boobies get bouncing all oh, kinds right. of stuff. You
0: know, it's like a lot of business. Going it's a on lot right of now. business going on up yeah. there, and I
1: just don't feel super comfortable in that position. Yeah. But. Alex really likes it when I'm on top, so mm. we'll get into that position. It's not the thing we do all the time, but, right. like, I'll get on and do my best because I like making him happy. Right. You're allowed to like different things. Just make sure that you're talking about it right. and everybody feels like they're getting... But I feel like if you're just like, all right, I'm hard, get
0: to work, that... Um, mm. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's me. I just yeah. feel like, you know, if you're not going to put... Yeah, like you said, I think the dialogue is important. If there's no dialogue at all mm-hmm. and you're just, like, doing that, then it's going to mm-hmm. be, like...
1: That's going to breed
0: resentment. I think you need to get on top this time. Yeah. You know? Like, why would... Don't even... You've put me in that position now that I've had to ask you, mm-hmm. you know, like, hey, why don't we just flip that shit up? You right. Know, change it up.
1: Exactly.
0: Actually, I want it like this. Right. I want to hang off the bed. Whatever. Yeah. You know. push me
1: over the side, hmm. face down on the carpet mm-hmm. and not the carpet on your body, the carpet yeah. on the floor.
0: Ooh. What? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that shit. Scandalous. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. So we got a, another email from our listener, Alexa. Hi Alexa. Hi. And it says Hitachi tips.
2: Oh, okay. So the magic You're, wand. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: So it says, hi, Don and Dylan. I just had to write in again after I heard you talk about something near and dear to my dot, dot, dot heart.
0: Vagina. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> I'm talking about episode 67 when you reviewed the Hitachi magic wand. I too am sensitive, but the Hitachi is my all time favorite toy. So I figured I would write in with some tips that I've discovered in what can only be described as my longest and most pleasurable relationship with the wand. Man. It works in a pinch. Yes, the vibration is super strong, but I find if you have some fabric between your clit and the wand, it's perfect. I also like to vibrate above the clit on the pubic mound and let the secondary vibrations work their way down to the good spots. Oh. The strength is exactly why I love it. If I'm late leaving the house, I can just lay down and use it right over my jeans. Dang so, Since it's so strong, I'm done in one to
0: five minutes and boom, out Damn. the door. <laughs> <Don't> can get- <laughs> you imagine? It's like, grab my keys, got my lunch maker, my br- Oh wait, I need to have an orgasm right now. Okay. (laughs)
1: then she says don't get me wrong I love exploring my body and taking my time but sometimes you just gotta get off before rushing into that meeting wow I have a lover who knows I love my wand he also knows I need some fabric between my clit and the wand so when he's not around he leaves me one of his shirts to use one that smells Mm. of his sweat and cologne then he tells me to put it between my legs and masturbate into it he gives it to me smelling of him and I return it it to him smelling of me
2: dang Don
1: I thought this might be something you and Alex might be into trying too. If you do, let me know how it goes. Mm, Love that's Alexa.
0: Interesting.
1: I do have a pile of Alex's laundry next to my bed right now, oh, so I can just be like, boom, 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 all over it. Mail it back to him.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, yeah, let's like wash it and have it ready for him when he gets here, so he doesn't have to travel <laughs> with as much stuff. But yeah, maybe I'll just be like, that shirt you might not want to wear, but enjoy. yes yes thank you so much alexa that is awesome i've actually found that over my undies it's really good too
2: yeah, I so, that powerful
1: shoe. Yeah, exactly. Just kinda like mm-hmm. the other thing that I found, and this is definitely for moments when you're super turned on and intense. If you are using a dildo on yourself and it's inside you, and then you put the wand on the end of the dildo, oh. it turns the dildo into like uber vibrator.
0: I can totally see yeah, that. And yeah, and that's
1: like, what? That's Dang. intense and it only takes me like thirty seconds. All the way on the inside. Damn. Yeah. yeah, that's no a lot. Okay. okay. So
0: so,
1: Alex and I just went to Sex Geek Summer Camp.
0: Okay, yes, let's hear and all about I that. I
1: had some sexual experiences. Yeah, you did. Yeah. So the first thing is, the campground was right next to this river. That was really nice and cool, and it was super super humid while mm-hmm. we were there cuz you know it was the middle of summer. Yes. And so I was sitting in the river every single day trying to cool off and not turn into like grumpy beast. Mhm. So most people were skinny dipping in the river. And I've only ever skinny dipped like, at my house when there's no people around. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't tend to, like, walk around naked at kink events and stuff. Right. But I figured when in Rome... So most of the times that we were in the river, I was completely naked. But
0: naked. Right.
1: And so some of our friends would come in with us, or we'd see other campers, like, walking by. And I was just, like, in the river, like, here's my titties. (laughs) 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 And... Here's my titties! (laughs) Here's my titties! They're really white. Uh, And uneven. But anyway. So, So, Uh. this awesome thing happened. And I've experienced this with lots of other things in my life. So, Mm -hmm. I should know it to be true. But there's always that, you know, the first time you do something, you've built up all these things in your head. And you have this image of how it's going to be. And then when you actually do it, it's usually much different and much less... A big deal. It's
0: always anticlimactic. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So it
1: was the same. Like I was kind of like, am I going to feel weird being super naked around all of these people who are technically my peers yeah. and like all this kind of stuff? No. Yeah. After being no. naked for about 10 minutes, it's like, uh, so what?
0: Ain't nothing but a thing. Uh-huh. Everybody's going to see We're my naked. ass every day. That's right. We're naked. Yep. And Yeah. It, it, and there's some dumb fucking TV show called Naked Dating right now. <laughs> <laughs> Have you not seen it?
1: I haven't seen it, but I've heard about it.
0: I'm like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Okay. First of all, I, th- I think they're making the craziest TV shows, but whatever. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it is one of those things where it's like, <laughs> you can get why after just being naked,
1: uh-huh.
0: that it's just not a thing anymore. That it's not like you have to hide because everyone's naked. Yeah. Everyone's seeing all your privates and body parts that maybe they never wanted people to see before and what have you. And- yep. It's just, yeah.
1: So there was this amazing article that I read a little while ago. I'll put a link up. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast. I don't think so. But a couple of months ago, this article came out and it was called What Our Office Learned Working Naked for One Month. Oh. So this entire office decided that for a month they were going to be completely naked.
0: Like, how's while that they even legal?
1: I I think this took place in, like, Denmark or something. Um, Maybe Canada. I don't (laughs) know. Because they're so
0: open-minded.
1: Yeah. But anyway, so they were like, yeah, our heating bill went up a little bit because everybody was naked and a little bit cold, but... It actually ended up improving workplace satisfaction for a couple of reasons. They Mm. said that it was only weird for about the first 20 minutes, and then you totally didn't care that everybody around you was naked, which I've heard from people who go to nudist resorts and things like that. You kind of aren't naked once you're around a lot of naked people for a while, because it's just like not a thing. You're
0: just normal. And the
1: other thing is, it really tends to... This article and another article I just read recently were talking about how because you don't have your clothes on, you actually end up dropping a lot of the like shields that you hide behind mm-hmm. because we often use clothes to try and control what people see of us. Oh, It's almost like a mask of, if you perceive me this mm-hmm. way, mm-hmm. then I can kind of change who I am. So without your clothes, you're actually just like, well, here's me. Right. And so people tended to be a lot more open and honest and communication actually improved because of interesting. it. Interesting. So I thought that was really interesting. And I actually felt the same way after the first couple of minutes, it was like, Okay, my butt's being exfoliated by a rock, and right. there's moss under my toes, and when I step over this rock, you're going to see my open vulva, yeah. and that's just what it's going to be. know, You know, you're like, it's cold hey, enough that the, all the balls are retracting up inside. Oh my god, yeah. There you go. That's yeah. just what it's going to be. So that was actually really liberating, and it made me feel like I can see now why... When I'm at kink events and I see people get naked, they kind of end up staying naked after. Yeah. Because I think there's just this threshold that happens where you're like, well, I'm naked, so what?
0: Right, right. You
1: know, like, so Mm -hmm. you've already seen it.
0: Like last year, was it just last year, I guess, when you went to that event and you were like, everybody else was naked and you were like... Mm, yeah. Yeah, not no, me. No,
1: not really. Mm-hmm. I also think it helped, too, because at Sex Geek Summer Camp, we were there six days. Mm-hmm. And so we ended up creating these really... It's like, you know, you're at Plus, hangout. it was
0: balls hot.
1: Plus, it was really friggin' hot. Yeah. But, you know, you get to know these people... In addition yeah. to that, they're all sex educators and sex professionals. Right. So there's this certain level of maturity right. and experience that's happening around, like, consent and conversation. So it's not like I had to worry about some, like, mouth breather who didn't know how to have a nice conversation <laughs> and look me in the eye. Yeah. You know, I mean, these are all people that I really right. trust whose opinions are important to me. And so I think that just helped make things feel a lot more safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on the last night, there was a play party and a whole bunch of the people, not everybody, but a whole bunch of the people uh, went and engaged in some sexual delights. Nice. And, you know, I won't name names or violate anybody's confidentiality, but there was all kinds of wonderful things happening in Mm -hmm. the space. And Alex and I did go and there were people being tied up. There were people doing dancing. There were people doing yoga. Mm. There were people getting kicked and punched. There were people mm. getting fisted, people doing all Dang. kinds of like BDSM stuff and having sex. Mm-hmm. And when we first walked in, I told Alex like, I'm a little bit nervous. Cause the last time we went to that play party, right. I was really uncomfortable for most of it. Right. And I'd say probably 10 minutes in, he showed up with our big toy bag. He brought all of our stuff and we started making out and i just i had spent the last 5 days with all of these people i had made friendships with all of them i felt comfortable with all of them mm-hmm. and it just became like a we're going to have sex in front of all these people
0: mm. and
1: he tied me up and put Damn. me in rope and we did all these super sexy things mm. and Every once in a while, like, look over and notice somebody was kind of watching us, but it was always in a really respectful Mm. way, and everybody was respecting boundaries, and Mm. we actually ended up being the last ones to leave, because our scene went so long.
2: Good God. And Mm
1: -hmm. uh, it was just really interesting, like, (laughs) there were a couple of points where there were some really awesome things going on, Mm -hmm. you know, with people making noises, or, like, floggers being out, and, like... Alex would be doing something really amazing to me, and I'd look over and be like, wow, that looks really interesting. I want to watch that. And I'd kind of like start <laughs> drifting towards, like, ooh, 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 are they fucking, oh, wait, that feels really good. And then I'd like come back to Alex right. and be like, oh, yeah, that feels amazing. But it was so weird because I wanted to watch this stuff, right. but then these amazing things were happening to me. Right. And uh, I was telling you <laughs> earlier. The most interesting thing for me is my go-to fantasy for getting Mm -hmm. off Mm -hmm. is being watched. So I'm surrounded by a whole bunch of super attractive people, and they're all really turned on by me either touching myself or getting fucked. And that's just kind of like the fantasy in my head Mm -hmm. that I use when I really want to just get off.
0: Hot, yeah. Right.
1: In real life, as per most things real life was totally different from the fantasy you know like there were a couple of points when a couple of folks came over and actually watched. they were standing right behind Alex while he was doing things to me I was completely naked legs spread you Uh know feet in the air and he was doing all these things to me and they're standing there watching and they were being really respectful there was no leering or like oh I
2: want to get on
1: that (laughs) kind of bullshit you know but just this respect of like wow that looks really fun good for them right and it was not arousing to me. Right. It wasn't not arousing. It was cool. It was fine.
0: But it wasn't but like it was your normal. material. Which exactly. is... Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that got you so much hotter.
1: Uh-huh. In my you know, head. In
0: your head. And faster and like able to bring you an orgasm or right. whatever. Yep. But in real life... In real
1: life it was like, oh. Oh, hey. He's watching me. There's people watching us. Oh, he's watching too. It's all good. Back to what feels super amazing. Right. And it. I just kind of was like noticing it, but not right. really allowing it to be a big part of the experience. Now, right. if I'd been in the middle of the room with everyone just watching us, that might have been different because we mm-hmm. were kind of off to the side. Right. But I did find out the next day from a couple of people that we were being watched and I wasn't aware of it and we were being golf clapped.
0: That is hilarious. And we were being cheered
1: on and people were like, get it girl, get it! When oh I was about to orgasm. God. And you know, you can't usually do that kind of stuff at a play party. But yeah. because all of us were friends and we're all professionals, oh. I think we had rules that were a little bit... Different.
0: Oh I see. So okay. at
1: a regular play party you couldn't you stand over like, someone and be like, practice. Get it, yeah, pound her. But because all of us were friends and friendly right. and we all knew it was coming from a really good place,
2: it was just That's
0: kinda good. like Yeah.
1: People were like, Woo whoa, whoa!
0: Mm-hmm. Do
1: her Alex. <laughs> oh my god. Oh
0: my God. So do it, pound that ass.
1: Yeah, and like just really thinking about it for me, I think the big difference between that first play party we went to and this was I felt safe because I knew everybody and I felt safe because we had spent the whole week talking Mm -hmm. about consent, Mm -hmm. practicing setting boundaries. There was a massage event the day before where you Mm. had an opportunity to say, you can touch me here and not there. Mm -hmm. So it really gave you this empowered sense of people know to ask before doing anything. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Nobody was just like creepy lurking person. Right. So I think you know what made it so challenging with that first play party is it was lots of people I didn't know and it was lots of people who I think kind of went to the party expecting something from the people that went. Versus this was like, all of us are friends and people just kind of did their thing and it wasn't like, I didn't feel like I was going to be pressured at any point. Uh-huh. So I think that was awesome. I'd love to be able to recreate more of that
0: mm-hmm. down the
1: road just in my own work.
0: Right you now, oh yeah,
1: but yeah. So public sex, naked in front of lots of people, a lot of people. yeah,
0: and one with nature,
1: and one with nature ish, yeah. ish. Yeah, I won't camping. I won't go Hot. on and on yeah. about all the rest of it. But we did see a deer <laughs> right up close, which was awesome. And we saw tons of chipmunks, and I made little voices for all of them. Oh
0: my god! Yeah,
1: there and was good. a lot of spider killing.
0: Cool. But yeah,
1: it was awesome. Well it
0: sounds like it was an amazing sex education mm-hmm. and physical fun event.
1: Yeah, it was just nice. I had I had so wanted to just be in a space like that. And it was
0: a sex educators week. Can, right. right? Okay. Yeah, it's for
1: people who are either sex, edu- sex educators, sex therapists, sex coaches. Okay. So people who already have businesses around that and are trained. With some fun
0: involved. And you could have you persi- participated or mm-hmm. not participated. Exactly. It was entirely up to you. Yep.
1: Yeah. There were lots of people who didn't participate. And, oh, cool. you know, just yeah. there was a talent show one night that was amazing. Oh, nice wh- thing. Like, what were
0: some of the talents? Oh, what do you mean?
1: There was amazing. Okay, like, there were so many things. Like, some people got up and read amazing poetry that okay. was, like, really political and about the body and okay. that kind Stuff, um, a couple of the women got up and recreated what happened in the women's only masturbation circle. Oh! Okay. So there was a women only masturbation circle that happened one night. Okay. And so in the talent show, three of the women got up front and were like, "For all the guys who wanted to know what happened in the masturbation circle, we will reenact that for you now." Oh. So they reenacted like coming together, and it was really cute. Um, somebody reenacted That's a whole scene from Rocky Horror. Oh my god. And we did the wow. call outs and everything. Wow. Um <laughs> somebody sang a uh-huh. Nick Jonas song that was really good. Oh, wow. Um <laughs>
0: I couldn't even name one Nick Jonas song (laughs) yeah
1: I don't know the name of it but I know it was by him Uh, somebody recreated the act of giving birth and being in labor wow Uh, yeah because there was somebody there who uh, has had children a couple of times and it's a big part of her identity and there was another woman there who is a midwife and a doula and so the two of them worked together and it was actually it made us cry it was this powerful performance of her like embodying her labor and giving birth and working with the doula and like just how these women came together oh. so that was really fun um interesting there was a there was a how to roll a condom on using your mouth and deep throat a cock demonstration oh with a strap on <sighs>
2: wow uh,
1: that was awesome yeah there was probably like i don't know maybe 15 performances and wow. they were all over the board people yeah. were so brave totally and, and Somewhere... we were all just like ah.
0: More sexual, and I guess and you and Alex didn't do a talent. No, no, just
1: watched. I'd never been before, so I wasn't sure. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of repeat people, so I yeah. think they kind of knew, Oh, like here's this here's what I'm that gonna goes do. Down. Yeah, right. So it was just really fun to like support everybody and cheer them on. And people mm-hmm. were so brave in what they did,
0: right on, right yeah,
1: on. yeah.
0: Good it was deal. just
1: a like camp, yeah, you know, but for grown-ups, yes, yeah, summer camp, summer camp, <laughs> I know. awesome.
0: So I wrote it down here when you said massage kind of triggered me. Did you ever go do that?
1: I did. Thank you so much. Okay, so if everybody, yes, if everybody wants to go to my blog at donsarah.com, I recently wrote about. It's called. This is a story about healing. So I'll put it up on the Sex Gets Real website. You can check it out. But uh, recently, when I was traveling. I went to see a sacred intimate. That's it. Yes. And so for those of you that don't know, a sacred intimate is a person who helps you heal and experience your sexuality using breathwork movement and hands-on touching. And a friend of mine had been raving about this sacred intimate. And, you know, kind of what sucks is because sex work is illegal in a lot of different places for a lot of different ways and it's not regulated at all you mm-hmm. know somebody can just call themselves a sacred intimate right. and not have any kind of certification or qualification they can just be a total perv right. but there are people out there who have been through all these amazing tantra trainings and are really skilled and so this particular sacred intimate came highly recommended from a friend of mine and i had been really wanting to go see her for a while but i just kind of wasn't quite ready to do that Mm because it just seemed really intense.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. So recently, uh, I connected with her and I was like, no, I'm ready to do this. And so... We talked on the phone first, because obviously she wants to vet folks. Mm -hmm. And um, we were talking about like, okay, what are the things that through my work with her, I want to really let go of and release? And what are the things I really want to bring in and create for myself? And so I was like, you know, I want to release some stuff around my trauma. I want to release some stuff I have around doubt with my business and just places where I'm feeling stuck. And I want to invite in like a lot of strength and courage and all this kind of stuff. And her, her words to me are, you know what? This is feeling really good. I think in our session, we're going to end up doing a lot of vaginal canal work. And oh I was like, God. Oh, the shit's about to get real. Wow. Like shit is about no to get doubt. real. No doubt. So I show up for my session and she was amazing. She had the entire oh. place. Dark. It was the middle of the day in the summer. But she had the entire place just draped in dark fabrics. There was candles on every surface. It felt like really warm and inviting. Mm -hmm. And she was amazing. And we sat and talked for about half an hour. Mm -hmm. So just kind of like, what were my expectations? How does she work? What what, Mm -hmm. what did I want? What are my fears? Uh, What are my boundaries? And, you know, kind of all that kind of stuff. So that felt really supportive. And something else I wanted to say but I'll just keep moving on so anyway so then it came time for the session to start and she taught me this tantra breath that Mm -hmm. she wanted me to do the entire time and the purpose of it was to just keep me really present and in my body Mm -hmm. and also this particular breath helps to move pleasure through your whole body and so her thing was I remember now so she was talking about how her mentor likes to say that for women specifically on one extreme you have doctors in clinical situations where they're probing things and putting things in your vagina in a very medical way and bright lights and it's very kind of othering and then on the very opposite end of the spectrum you have your partners and your lovers who touch you in a really sexual way usually expecting something in return from you Mm -hmm. and there's no nothing in between for women when it comes to their vulvas and vaginas there's no experience in the middle of that
2: Mm -hmm. there's no
1: touching in a way that's all about pleasure and sensuality without any kind of expectation. Right. There's just no space for exploring your vulva and your, gen- your genitals, mm-hmm. you know, kind of without these two extremes. And so she was talking about that's how, that's what she does. And she said the whole purpose of this session was for me to dive as deep as humanly possible into my pleasure. So Mm. she was like, don't just kind of tolerate something that's okay. We're going for what's the yummiest thing we could do in any given second. And it's about you speaking up and asking for what you want constantly Mm -hmm. and constantly saying, you know, I think it might feel a little better if you go to the left. And then she moves to the left and that feels really good saying that feels really good. Let's stay here a while, Mm. you know, and just like Mm. how much pleasure can we make your body Mm -hmm. experience and see what happens. And it's about just completely surrendering to pleasure and not having to worry about giving back to that other person or making the right sounds or any Mm, of that kind of stuff. So she taught me the breath. I got naked. I got face down on the massage table. And she came in and just kind of started massaging my back, my ass, my legs. And we had decided that because we wanted to work with some of my rape trauma... And some fear and stuff that that was stuck in my first chakra and second chakra. Okay. Which for people who do energy work know your root chakra yeah. is kind of at the very base of your spine around your anus. Oh, okay. And your second chakra is your sexuality chakra, so that's really low in your abdomen and your, your sexual organs.
2: Okay.
1: So I knew that's where we were going to be spending a lot of time. So she starts massaging my ass and she's like massaging up my legs and into my like butt cheeks Mm -hmm. and getting really deep. And then she goes right for my asshole and starts massaging it. And she's like massaging my anus. And like this amazing thing happened where
2: like, I felt
1: this huge resistance and I realized it's because I was holding a whole bunch of trauma there and I told her, like, I think this is important. Can we stay here a while? And she was like, yes, thank you for using your voice. And so she just continued to massage me there. And I had, like, all these emotions. And I had all these flashbacks. And, wow. like, then it just started to feel really good. And I had this huge shift. And then it was just, like, pleasure out the wazoo. Whoa. And, like, my body started moving. And my hips started rolling. And, like, all this kind of stuff. And then like, she, yeah, I was just like, this damn, from the wrong, wrong. one. And then she was like, do you want to move on or do you want to stay here? And I said, I think I'm ready to move on. Damn. So she was like, okay, roll over. So I rolled over and she massaged my breasts and all the way down my body. And then we started working on my vulva. And she was like, you need to tell me what feels important to you. Because it wasn't about me having a sexual encounter with her. It was about me just sitting in my body and wondering what does my body want? And like, what would feel really good right now? I can't care about her at all. It's just me. And like, what do I want? And so we kind of started talking about what I wanted and she was massaging my labia. She was massaging my clit. We were kind of trying to feel like, where did I need to be? Uh And then she asked if I was ready for some internal work. And I was like, sure. So in went the fingers. And it was like a spiritual experience. It was (laughs) spiritual. And I felt for the first time, like I was completely in tune with my body.
2: Wow. Like nothing
1: in the world existed except for, and I was getting all these like flashes of I know I'm yeah, going to be successful. Yeah. I know that what I have to say is important. I know that I'm changing people's lives. And I was just getting filled with all this like confidence and creativity. And I was having all these ideas at the same time that I was just like super present in my body. And then I had this unbelievable orgasm. Oh
0: my God. And she was
1: like, orgasm is not the goal of this at all. You may not orgasm at all. You may just sob. Everybody has different experiences. So don't expect orgasm to happen. And just like out of nowhere, I was like, like my exploding. back came off the table. I was like, Rubbing Damn. my tits and just like screaming. I had this amazing orgasm. We came down off of that. She let me lay there for a while. And then I put my clothes back on. And then we talked for like another half hour. Damn. And when I walked out of the room with the massage table, she was like, oh my God, you look like a God. You look completely different from when you walked in.
2: Damn.
1: And I felt like a whole different person. It was wild. And we sat there for about a half an hour and just talked about all these, like, realizations I'd had, all of this trauma that I realized I was holding in certain places in my body I'd never explored. Um, I, like, learned so much about just how much pleasure I'm capable of. Yeah. So even if I don't tap into that all the time, I know mm-hmm. that it's in there. Yeah. And I left, and I swear to God, I was high for about a day.
0: I can totally see that. Yeah. yeah.
1: It mm-hmm. was unbelievable. Yeah. So, I'm definitely gonna visit her again the next time I'm Damn. in her neck the woods. Um, and she said each session is really different. So, you mm-hmm. might have a super awesome sh- session one time, and the next time you might spend the whole time crying. Right. You know, or the next time might be even better than the first time wow. you, you just don't know. But yeah, it was an amazing experience. Mm. And that's work that eventually I'd like to be able to move into because I think <sighs> it causes a lot of healing for people who have trauma.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, just being able to so actually be in your body without anybody telling you what mm-hmm. you're supposed to be experiencing yeah. or wanting anything. Yeah. You know, and there was no rush. Like, at no point did I felt rushed. I felt like right. I can stay in this pleasure as long as I want to. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. So it was a two-hour session. Wow. And I think the actual hands-on work was probably about an hour and 15 minutes.
2: Wow.
1: Yeah. So that was unbelievable. Are you ready to go and, and work with a sacred intimate?
0: Me? Oh yeah. my God, No. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like totally, you know, awesome and exciting and a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) You're
1: like, oh my God, no.
0: Oh my God, no. I mean, but then maybe, yeah. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Is that allowed? (laughs) I don't know. Is it one of those things? I mean, it's healing, but it is sexual.
1: So my friend that went is in a monogamous relationship. Okay. And...
0: Was that something that had to be discussed? Yeah,
1: she discussed it with her partner and explained to him, here's my reasons for going. And so she ended up going and had this amazing experience and it had nothing to do with their relationship being open. It was kind of like going to see a massage therapist that just happened to be naked. Right. You know, but it's not like... that person's naked too. um, She asks you if you want her to be naked or not. Oh. So I... She goes, would it feel yummy for me to have my clothes on or would it feel yummy if I took my clothes off and I was naked with you? And I said... I think it would actually feel better for it to just be skin and skin. So she took her dress off and she laid on me at one point when I was face down just to kind of like put some pressure on me and ground me, but she didn't really have her body in contact with mine really Mm. other than that.
0: I can totally see that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it wasn't
1: about a massage with a happy ending.
0: Yeah. You know, like there wasn't a goal. Sure.
1: And I think that's a misconception that happens a lot, Mm -hmm. you know, because I know a lot of guys go to massage parlors to get happy endings, but the goal is to get stroked off to come, and it's a super sexual thing. Right. Whereas working with her, it wasn't about the orgasm. It was about like just learning how to talk to your body. And so it was, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. But I will just say to our listeners, if anybody's interested in working with a sacred intimate, make sure that they've had some kind of training that you can really verify. So... There's a lot of different Tantra, professional Tantra trainings out in the world that mm-hmm. you can actually go to their websites and look at what kind of certification process there's sexological body work which is an institute that is out in California I believe that you can get certified by so you just want to make sure that this person is certified by some type of organization that you can verify and that you get some kind of exactly like referral or something like that somebody you know who
0: went to them or something like that.
1: Right, and just asking around or even talk to like sex therapists or sex coaches and see if they've got any referrals because trust me, if you just google like sacred intimate, there's a lot of folks out there who we're like i will massage your yoni and blah blah I'm your blah, blah. Right it's here. Like, yeah oh, exactly yeah. right Your your
0: fucking sacred intimate. yeah
1: Dil- dylan will do all of the ass work
0: mm-hmm. oh yeah exactly mm-hmm. oh you need to get something out of your chakra one i mm-hmm. got you i got
2: you right mm.
0: circular <laughs> motions
1: and anybody who says they do it for free no
0: Um, then you know that's fucking that's fucking skeezy my session was
1: incredibly expensive yikes so this is someone who's highly professional highly trained and Mm -hmm. knows the value of what they do so if there's anybody who's like I'll come to your hotel and do it for free no
0: what?
1: (laughs) unless that's what you want but that's Probably more of a sexual situation than a mm-hmm. healing situation. Yeah. So just decide what it is you're looking for.
0: Believe what you want to believe, right. but you about to get off. <laughs> oh, yes.
1: <laughs> or That's someone Awesome.
0: Is. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yummy. I know. Okay. I have to be in a yummy space. It's
1: yummy. Mm-hmm. I know. I've been saying that so much more since I, I met know. with her. It's just, I love that thought of like, what would feel really yummy right now?
0: It's hilarious. Isn't that good? That's yummy for you. Yeah. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Cool.
1: Okay, so we got an email from uh, Rob the Love Robot. Oh God.
0: Who we've heard
1: from before, mm-hmm. and he's commenting on our pegging episode of like famous guys who. How many times
0: have we read Rob the Love Robot? Because I think some... three
1: or four times. Yeah. He likes. He's right. One in. of
0: the listeners said something to me the other day and was like, "Is that even a thing? Like, what is this with the Rob the Love <laughs> Robot that you guys?" And I was like. Hey, that's their maybe handle. Maybe it's a finish. Who that's knows? their handle. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe
1: he can do the robot dance really good. Oh, geez. Wouldn't that be awesome?
0: Okay. Just be
1: like... Wah, wah, I just wah, wah, wah. got flashbacks
0: of Superstar.
1: Seriously. I know. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> so anyway, thank you, Rob, because your email was yes. so spot on.
0: Okay, wait. Did I read this? No. no. Let's, okay. So I this like was us
1: eat. talking about, like, Indiana Jones and James Bond getting oh, right. Right. So he writes in and he goes... Um, you definitely missed an obvious pegging couple. You know, Elyria Sand gave it to the Red Viper, who is Oberon.
0: Oh, right. And
1: he goes, and if Tyrion looked around after killing Shay, she was probably wearing a strap on. That's why Tywin was on the crapper.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious. Oh, my God.
1: So I totally know Oberyn likes getting pegged yes. because he likes being with boys he and with girls. He likes being with
0: boys, too. Right.
1: Exactly. Totally. So he totally takes up the ass. Actually, okay. anybody from that land. But I can't believe we missed that one. <laughs> Thank yeah, because yes. they're all like, super sexually open. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Yes, that is true. I know. I love mm-hmm. that. So I was
1: yeah. like, oh, you're so right, Rob. So thank <sighs> you for adding that to the Thanks, list. Thanks, Rob. The yeah, because definitely missed that. Dang. I know. Okay. We got a serious question from Uh-oh. Rock Hard in Rockville.
0: Uh-oh. Yeah. Mm, someone sort of local? Yeah. Somebody okay. in the D.C. metro Let's area. do it. Mm-hmm.
1: There's no name. So the subject is adoration invites intimidation. Mm. Serious. So here's the message. My wife and I have been married for about two years. We love each other very much and don't have any issues being open and honest with each other. The longer we've been together, three years before we got married, so five years total, her sex drive has diminished considerably.
2: Mm.
1: I understand that happens to many women in marriage. What frustrates me is this. I have trouble performing due to an illness a long time ago and I take Mm. medication. If it weren't for this, my abilities would be on par with her sex drive and everything would be fine. I adore my wife. I try to buy her flowers as often as I can. I tell her how much she means to me. I flatter her. I do not do this because I want to have sex, although I definitely do. I do it because I love her unfailingly and unconditionally. A few nights ago, we had a long conversation about our sex life and her feelings. She said she feels intimidated by my flattery. As it's difficult to live up to. So she feels like he's putting her up on a pedestal. Mm.
2: Does this sound
1: reasonable or does it sound like an excuse? I want to have an amazing sex life with my wife and I want to explore our sex life, but I can't seem to get things started again. Appreciate any insight you can give. So the first thing I'll say to rock hard in Rockville is this is actually what I do as a sex coach for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I mostly work with women. Occasionally I work with couples, but specifically my clients tend to be women who find that their sex drive has diminished or sex just isn't satisfying. And so we're working through that. So if you want any work on a professional level, let me know. You can go to domsarah.com. But I think this is a really important email. Uh, We actually had a kind of a conversation about this. Mm -hmm. So... He is saying that she is intimidated by how much he puts her on a pedestal. And that's part of the reason why they don't have sex. So he wants to know if that's a reasonable excuse or is it just an excuse?
0: I don't know because I've never, I don't think I've ever been on a pedestal or put anyone on a pedestal that I can think of. Mm -hmm. You said you have. Yeah. Felt like you were put up on a pedestal. Yes. And it felt like a lot of pressure. Did it? I did. Okay. So I... What is that? Like, you're just so fucking awesome. Like, you're so awesome. Like, everything you do is awesome. Like, Like, I don't... I'm not quite sure. I think
1: there's a lot of different ways to do it. And I've had this discussion with my current partner and with my past partner. So with a previous partner that I had that I was with for seven years, Mm -hmm. I felt like he put me up on this pedestal of, I couldn't survive without you. You're everything Mm. to me. Um, I don't know how I would get through in life without you. I don't want to spend time with anybody else because Mm. it's all about you and I love you so much. And it was almost this like worship place, which is great to a point, but it also made me feel like if I fuck up, I'm going to destroy somebody else's life. Mm. If I ever want out, this person isn't going to be able to survive. And it was this like level of codependency that made me feel really suffocated. And I almost felt like I couldn't just be a person who was flawed Mm. because I was always trying to live up to this standard or this ideal that he thought that I was. And part of the problem was I never spoke up... Well, I did actually speak up about that a couple of times and said, like, I can't be the only one that's important in your life. You know, you need to have other friends Uh and you need to... Like have other interests and things like that. I can't be the only person that's feeding you because that's too much pressure for anybody to ever do. And we actually had a lot of discussions and arguments about that because I felt like, oh my god, I can't be the person that... Here's all of your complaints that here's all of your dreams. That's the only one who supports you. That's just way, 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 way too much. And so it made me feel like a caretaker in a way. Mm. Uh, And when you're in a caretaker mode, which is also a stressful mode, it Mm -hmm. can kill your libido. Mm. And so our sex life actually died pretty early on in our relationship. And I think part of it was because of that pressure. So I think it just really depends on the circumstances. There's lots of different ways you can put people up on a pedestal.
2: Mm, I know mm
1: -hmm. that I've had conversations around that with other partners where they felt like I was putting them up on a pedestal, but it's different. And here's why. So with my ex, he made it really clear I was the only one. You know, yeah. like he didn't have a lot of friends. He didn't have a lot of outside interests. And so yeah. I was everything to him. And that was like, holy shit. If I ever just need to leave or pull the plug or fuck up, this whole person this crumbles. Person, yeah. But with this other person where I, I was putting them kind of up on a pedestal, or at least they thought so, what was actually happening was I was seeing the greatness in this person yeah, and seeing all of their flaws Seeing all the things about them that drove me nuts, right. but not never focused on it,
0: right right, right. you know,
1: so yeah. like I liked to focus on the stuff that made me feel good, I liked mm-hmm. to focus on the stuff that made them an, a great addition to my life, mm-hmm. but at no point was I thinking well, this person can do no wrong. It's like, no, this person does lots of things that bug the shit out of me, but I'm not going to talk about it. I hear you. That doesn't, you know? And so we had a good conversation about like, actually, I don't have you on a pedestal. I just really appreciate you for who you are. And I'm sorry you felt that way because I know that feels like a lot of pressure to be on a pedestal. So I think it probably just really depends. My advice to rock hard is to talk to your wife again and be really open to allowing her to really dig deep and share with you why she feels like she's on a pedestal and what all those feelings are. And don't get defensive. Her feelings about this are her feelings. So you mm-hmm. can't... They're real. You can't argue with her and tell her, no, that's not what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. What's important is hearing how she's feeling and then ask her, what do you need so that we can start shifting this so that you don't feel that way any longer, mm-hmm. you know, and you might be doing things from a place of love, but have you ever taken the love languages quiz by Gary I think Chapman? I have like
0: so many years ago. Yeah.
1: Right. So it, there's this theory that some people subscribe to and some people don't. I, I... I like it at a very superficial level, but I don't like a lot of the stuff underneath it. It's too religious for me, but it's this concept that we all like to receive love differently. So some people like to be touched. Some people like to hear words. Some people like gifts and we tend to give love to people the way we like to receive it.
0: Right. But that
1: can feel really awful to someone if they don't receive love that way. Right. So if you have a person who likes gifts, but you love words of affirmation. And so you're showering this other person with words that can just feel like pressure, not love. Yeah. So that might be what's happening here is rock hard, You might be f- just flooding your wife with all these love messages in the mm. way you like to be loved, but she might be receiving it as pressure or expectations. And that's not really what she needs. So I think a good conversation to have is thank you so much for sharing this with me.
2: Yeah.
1: And what do you need? So we can start shifting this. What would make you feel more supported, less stressed, you know, kind of remove some of this. And then that's where things get interesting. Cause if she can't really answer those questions, mm-hmm. if she can't really get specific, it might be more of an excuse. Right. But if she can actually say, well, when you do this, I feel this, I'm afraid of this, you know, that kind of stuff. And you give her some space. She might yeah. not be able to do it the first time you ask. Allow there to be space and allow this to be an ongoing conversation that will get you to a place pretty quickly. I think where you're figuring you out whether to, or not yeah. it's a legitimate thing that's going on mm-hmm. or it's just her trying to make you feel better without saying, no, uh, I just don't feel like having sex. Right, right, right. You know,
0: yep. what are your thoughts? True. No, I mean, like, I agree with that. <laughs> you're so funny. You were sitting there talking. and I was like, oh my God, do I do that stuff? You know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, does that sound like my life? and I was like no because I don't feel pressure. Yeah. You know. So I don't uh or maybe, you know, I don't know. Now I have to go back and reevaluate mm-hmm. myself. Thanks, Dawn. You're welcome. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, you bring up a good point. Yeah. There you do have to open the conversation up so that you mm-hmm. can see if she does have any responses and I agree or is that just an excuse mechanism mm-hmm. for her to say, "No, you really put me up on this pedestal." Yeah. Can't, you know, mm-hmm. it's a lot of pressure. I just don't, never really thought about it in that way. When you put all the things out there like that, though, then I'm like, oh, I can totally see how that happens. Yeah. But, yeah. Because, I
1: mean, one of the number so what was one. It, what was
0: the situation? He had an illness, which he now takes medication for. So, I'm, I'm assuming he takes some sort of sexual enhancement medications. Uh, it was says, there... I have
1: trouble performing, doing an illness long ago, and take some med- medication. I'm if guessing it wasn't performing, for this... meaning
0: erectile dysfunction, possibly.
1: Possibly. Okay. Um, I would say either trouble getting hard or staying hard okay. or to his satisfaction. But he said my abilities would be on par with her sex drive and everything would be fine. But I don't think that that's true because if she's telling you she feels intimidated by flattery, then it has nothing to do with your, I mean your physical performance might be a piece of the puzzle, right. but that's not really what's going on. Cause you can have lots of different types of intimacy and sex with no erection. Right. You know, it's more about, Her at feeling like she's in a place where she wants to do these things Mm -hmm. and being receptive to it. And the number one killer of libido is stress.
0: Right, right, right.
1: Especially for folks who are in a female body. Mm -hmm. So... If she's in this position where she's feeling stressed in the relationship, she's feeling stressed in her life, she's feeling stressed in work, whatever it is, then her libido is probably going to tank. Now, there are some exceptions. Some people, when they're super stressed, just want to, like, bang it out like bunnies. But that's a much smaller percentage. So it's okay if that is your response. That's normal, too. But the majority of folks tend to see that their libido just, like, nosedives when they're stressed. So if she's feeling stressed in your relationship... It might be because of this pedestal thing. It might be Mm -hmm. something else that she can't articulate yet. Right. But if there's stress, then sex just is not going to be happening.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah.
1: So I'd love more information. I'd love to know if additional conversations happen. I think that you are super articulate in your message to us. It's clearly something you've thought about a lot. And I'm glad that you two are having a conversation. I'll just say that if you feel like she's being open about her feelings, even if it's something that doesn't make sense to you, allow her feelings to be true. So don't discount them just because they don't make sense to you. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to have a level of trust of, okay, if she's really articulating, this as her feelings. Then let's dive deeper, but don't say you can't possibly be feeling this way because it doesn't make sense. And a lot of us do that.
0: You can't do that.
1: Right. So thank you so much for writing and for listening. Rock hard. Great message. We'd love an update. We'd love to hear how it's going and please reach out if at any point you want, you know, a little bit of professional help. And I think that we have actually filled the episode, even though we have a lot more emails and a lot of other things to talk about. Yeah. So it'll just have to wait for next damn time.
0: All right, cool.
1: Yay. Okay, well, thanks so much for listening, everybody. If you've got any questions or comments, you can go to sexkitsreal.com. There's a contact us form there that you can use to either submit a message if you want to reply or an anonymous option. Or if you want to, you can call or text and leave us a voicemail at 747 444 We look forward to hearing from you. Thanks so much for listening. This is Dawn.
0: And this is Dylan.
1: And this is Sex Gets Real.